Hi, welcome to Office 365 Distilled. My name is Steve Dolby. I'm Marijn Somers and welcome to the podcast where we're distilling Office 365. So Steve, you were looking up what distillation actually is. Yeah, yeah. Distillation is a process to improve the purity of the product. Ooh. Well, and there's a couple of things. There's many, many podcasts around that, you know, list all the new things in Office 365, the new updates, the changes, and they just after Ignite. We'll perhaps talk about some of those later, but I don't want to do a podcast that just talks about the new stuff. I really want something that's more practical. It's true. It's actually, Microsoft's not paying us to do this. Oh, no. No, not so at all. So, we, we can actually be honest and we can actually say <gasps> our life as a consultant is a daily job of implementing these things. And we can just be frank and honest about... Oh, all am the, I going to be frank and you're going to be honest? <laughs> 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 hey, listen, you sit there and make it out to be consultants as if we're sitting here in a tie and a collar and saying only the right things, but we're a bit too honest and open for that with our clients, That's aren't we? That's true, and that is actually maybe where that distillation part comes into play. So, so we both love Office 365. We do. Tell everybody else what it is. Yes, well, the other thing that we love is this, yeah, the good things in life. So a good nice whiskey oh that was so well said Thank and i was you. thinking that you know we like water with some barley in it that's heated up to a certain temperature or two and then it's put into you know a still for a while uh, and then of course it's distilled into that wonderful pure alcohol then it's put into a barrel and kept for three or four years depending which part of the world you're in and what comes out of it is Ooh, it's a little bit like Office 365. If we think about what Office 365 was like five years ago, or when Teams was first released, and now mm -hmm. here we are, after it's matured a little bit in the barrel, you know, all these extra features and this depth. And am I talking crap here? I, I don't like know. this. I like this comparison. Oh, this is nice. This so is nice. That's why it's yeah. Office 365 distilled. And also, I think it's a great excuse to drink live on a podcast at the end uh, because you've brought something special to taste from your weekend away, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. But more about that later on. Okay, I agree. Um, so maybe because this is the first episode, maybe we need to start off with why we are doing this. No, no, no. Who we are. Who we are. Who oh, we are. Absolutely. So yes. I don't, I'll try and stay quiet for a minute or so. This is... Get ready, folks. Here we go. This is... Moraine Summers. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I, I always hate this part. Um, you liar. So, um, Maran, I'm uh, 36. Uh, yeah, I'm 36. Um, I've been uh, into this whole SharePoint thing since 2006. My first projects were SharePoint 2003 uh, related and 2007 just coming up. Um, so uh, after school, I just became a business analyst with one of the big companies in Belgium. I've been a freelance since uh, 2012, so that's uh, six years now. I'm loving it. Um, maybe also a fun fact, I'm also a certified watchmaker. So if you have a broken watch or a clock, I can probably fix that for you. Yeah, but if... If he has the time to fix it, that's the next question. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
and of course I like the occasional zip of good quality alcohol as well scotch well not just scotch actually we should say whiskey yeah yeah but we were going to save that till the end yes all right cool so what are you doing now you've got a couple of clients one's heavily into teams i do i've got uh one client who's still on uh sharepoint 2013 um they're trying out some of the office 365 stuff um, they just released their new intranet in Office 365. Um, I've got another big client uh, in the Netherlands, uh, which is uh, it's a smaller company, uh, but it's a really nice company to work for. Um, and they're um, already on Office 365 for quite some time, uh, but they just want to uh, get more out of it. But that's very teams focused. Well, we're trying to uh, to uh, enable teams for them. Okay. Um, uh, it's not very easy to convince them because change is, of course, always hard. But it's also because it's such a small organization and they, they're not geographically dispersed. They're all there in, in, inside one building um, unless they're working from home. But they're seeing each other all the time so oh, okay. the need for the conversation part is less uh they do have they're, they're heavy on documents um but they're already using sharepoint for that since a few years um but we're trying to uh, help them and enable them to do more with that office 365 uh, rollout okay so I guess I need to do me now then. Absolutely. The trouble is that I've been around a lot longer than 36 years. So if I started off with my career, we'd be really wasting. <laughs> and the, the idea of these podcasts that we want to do, you know, every two to three weeks or maybe four weeks is we want to keep them short. So we don't, so forgive us for the first one, but uh, we will be keeping them short. So my name is Steve Dolby. Um, let's start off at the beginning of uh, SharePoint with Tahoe. So I was there when it was born. Um, yeah, da, 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 and there's soft music in the background needed there. Uh, so yes, I remember team services, and uh, you don't even know what that is, do you? Ah, no. No, there you go. So my my background is telecoms. So now it's coming full circle with teams bringing in all the voice call. So I installed all the telephone systems many many years ago, um, and of course now teams are there. I've got to start going back to hunt groups and call groups and numbering plans uh, and all that kind of stuff so, oh boy yeah yeah so uh, i'll have to dig out the old memory and cover that uh, but as i said i've been in sharepoint since it first started in uh, 2000 before then um uh obviously servers and desktops and and, and it uh at a, at a management level actually i was uh, the uh, director of it for a for a dot com um, before they decided to burst the bubble yeah. Uh, but for the last 20 years, um, I've trained on Office 365 and SharePoint uh, for some fairly big clients. And uh, and now, like you, I uh, as a consultant, a stroke contractor, stroke whatever on-site skill set, um, I'm currently working at an organization that is on-prem today. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're currently busy working with Microsoft uh, to do the high-level design to connect the global network uh, into Office 365. Uh, and of course, we uh, are also looking at SharePoint structure and what it's going to look like and how we're going to migrate what we've got into there. Um, it's quite small. Uh, I say relatively small. 
about 120 terabytes of content on oh that's file next shares. to nothing i know yeah. I, I before i went to ignite last week mm -hmm. and i was thinking how much data am i going to get this data done and then we're hearing examples of like you know tens of petabytes of data being <laughs> oh. migrated into onedrive oh, wow. and i'm thinking you know my 120 terabytes is quite small um but uh, yeah, so so that's what we do, and that's what uh, that'll probably go towards the end of this year, beginning of next year, if we can get everything sorted out, reorganise an Active Directory and stuff. Uh, but that's what I want to do in these podcasts is I really want to talk about you know that planning and preparation, mm. uh, and uh, even if you're in Office three sixty five now and you're thinking about how you can improve Teams or make teams better for users and, and all the preparation that goes into it. Because I think that's a bigger and bigger thing. So that's what yeah. I do. I help organizations prepare for that and uh, the business and the, yeah. the change and that kind of stuff. So that's Steve Dolby. Yeah, cool. All right. So we actually came to of the idea of this uh, podcast. We've done this before. In, yes. in a funny kind of way, haven't we? Yeah, 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 we did. So actually the first customer that we worked on together. Um, we had this bi-weekly, three-weekly um, uh, call, Skype for Business call with the ambassadors of the company. It was a big multinational company. Uh, heavy engineering company. Heavy engineering, absolutely. Yep, all over the and, world. And um, they could just call in for that bi-weekly half hour of Skype call. It started off with a governance team, didn't it? So it we, did, yeah. we had governance meetings every Friday to try and work out how we were going to put the office into play. Um, but people wanted to understand what Office 365 was. Difficult, of course, to sort of put training in for 160,000 people or whatever the, the number was. Mm -hmm. um, and so we said, why don't we just do a nice chilling out call every three weeks for an hour? And uh, that's what we did. Um, and yeah. it worked very well because we're pair of nutcases really and very different to most people <laughs> um, but they were fun what did we do we we took a subject didn't we we uh, every time we took uh, one two or three subjects even um, so sometimes we just talked a little bit about some of the changes that were coming that's right um, the state we, of the project yeah and so an application we did one application each one time application let's go into details time. of yeah. sway or mm -hmm. exchange yeah. or something yeah. where we did some demo um, but we just had a really nice time and people enjoyed our uh, style of communication yep. uh, or lack thereof. Yes, maybe. we did get the first one, didn't we? Oh, they went, yeah. We got told, listen, you guys need to put some structure into this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what all your other meetings are for. This is just for easing people into the idea of moving into a big cloud-based project because people were nervous and not yeah. sure what to do yeah. and of course communication planning and all that was all taking place but we wanted to um, without any limitation just let people know what it was about some of the added value how it could help them in their business and it was quite successful I think yeah true yeah because we had around 100 150 people on the calls. Uh, on the call every time um, and and yeah it's it's all those people that are uh, wanting to hear all about the stuff that is coming so they got told office 365 is coming and uh, you will all need to adapt um, so of course there was a lot of anxiety and a lot of enthusiasm about all the new stuff that is coming or that was coming um, and and yeah people loved our show 
They did. So that's why we said, hey, why don't we do our own podcast? And what was really cool about it also was that they'd never used Skype before. So because they were done on Skype, we sent them an invite and they could connect in. Uh, they soon learned that they didn't need Skype on their desktop to yep, actually connect. Sure. They could yeah. connect through the browser. Uh, and of course, it did a great broadcast. Uh, we didn't actually enable the broadcasting on Skype for business. We just sort of used the maximum up to 250. So it was a great way of introducing people in. Uh, it was before we identified ambassadors. So when we went into the ambassador stage, we were able to sort of say, hey, guys, we're looking for ambassadors. So they knew what they were getting into. And then we could formalize that because I think the thing about an ambassador is you need to make sure your boss is approving you to have the time, um, you know, uh, because over the period of the project, these people are, are going to have to put some time into doing other things. But it, it meant that they knew what they were getting into. So we recommend it for everybody, don't we? Get Absolutely. A, get a couple yeah. of nutcases from your Office 365 team and get them to set up some meetings with no real agenda. Um, but uh, well all right yeah well, I can see you shaking your head yeah. we knew what we were doing yes but yes. there was no formal agenda from their perspective so we did a bit of where the project was we did a bit of where the governance was mm -hmm. and we then said hey let's take an application and do a demonstration yeah. of a, you know, a and also a, what I really liked about that is while you were doing an application I was actually looking at the Twitter uh, the, not the Twitter of course but the, the Skype conversation the, not yet Twitter given time <laughs> yes. uh, there'll be true, an app if there's true, probably true. is already an app Absolutely. so you can have yeah, those Twitter true, feeds true. in but yes but you were looking then, at the messages it was the, the Skype conversation so when people were asking questions we could immediately just jump to that question uh, when we saw the same question coming back two or three times uh, we could just jump to that question and just um, answer it live on the podcast so that people already got uh, their answer. Yeah. Uh, so that that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think a lot of good feedback for, for the people there as well. But absolutely, I think um, if you're rolling out any kind of software actually where a lot of people in an organization need to work with, uh, one of the things that we definitely recommend is work with ambassadors or champions or yeah. rock stars or whatever you want to call them. We're the them. rock stars. They're working with us. Okay, so they're the groupies then. They're the groupies, Ooh. yes. So champions, groupies or ambassadors. Ooh. I can live with that. Okay. <laughs> so that is, that is definitely uh, the best way to do that. But then again, um, if you're rolling out uh, a piece of software, you don't want to do classroom training for let's say 2000 people yeah we do but not at the beginning of the project eventually we're going to need to do classroom training but in a more managed manner that's when the formality comes in because yeah. the project has to take a formal direction at some point doesn't it yeah absolutely but i think the um uh training via skype or something like that video training is just a way how you can reach that more people than you can do in a classroom. Agreed. So absolutely don't people take anything from, away from US, that. from Australia, whatever, you can just reach them uh, via this one uh, Skype call. You need to time it right, of course. We had to do two. We I had remember. to do we did two. One in the, one morning, in the morning for East yes. and then one in the afternoon for West. Yes. And it was the same subjects, but two completely different podcasts True. each yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, if we would do that again, I think I would rather... Um, uh, record them so with the Skype uh, for business recording feature and then play it again for the second session but then still monitor 
the questions and the conversations, but then just reply to them on the conversation part. And That's just, interesting. Yeah. See, I think I, I like the idea because what we could do is we could upload it to stream. Yeah. And it would then do an automatic transcript of the that is, podcast. That is absolutely so one of the things then... that are uh, that came out of out of Ignite, yeah. and that is so amazing. So that would allow people to search for text or keywords in the, the in the thing, and then throw it onto a, a SharePoint page uh, with the uh, the podcast there, and then you can track the uh, discussions or even on a Teams, whichever way around you want to do the conversations, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then just keep that ongoing, which is, in some ways, gives you a, a longer process of communications. Maybe Yammer yeah. could be there as well. So we had an interesting week last week, didn't we? We were a few thousand miles apart. Yes, yes, we I were. was in Ignite, yeah. uh, drinking distilled product, mm-hmm. um, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit too much. Actually... I'm glad not too many people are listening because on the first night I realized uh, I didn't have the magic mix. So I just went from spirit to spirit to spirit. And the real magic mix is spirit with iced water, spirit with iced water. Ah. Because some of those those nights out and networking opportunities go on for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, there's sometimes you've had too much iced water. <laughs> but, but anyway... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so I was over at Ignite. Yeah, uh, you didn't and, go uh, this year. No, I didn't go this year. So I was I was following Ignite from uh, from my chair, um, from my couch at home, and that was really a lot of fun because I think I more or less had the same experience as you had. So you were following Ignite. I was uh, looking at the live stream from Microsoft. So Microsoft did a really good job there this year of live streaming all of the um, all of the sessions. And I was also there with my feet on the table and a glass of good whiskey in my hand. So I wasted all that money flying out there and the hotel costs. and the, Oh, know. but you got the, the, the awesome new bag. Yeah, you got yeah. all the swag. And the swag. And Actually, all the networking, all the networking opportunities. Networking, that is I the... never, never undersell. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Um, and also I have the choice. So I'm sitting there because they stopped live streaming after a few days anyway. So some of them were available, they were available later. Because mm-hmm. I always think to myself, well, I can always get them later. And of course, they're only live streaming one or two at a time. Or were they live streaming all the simultaneous sessions? Well, I got to see all the ones that I wanted to see. Oh, that's interesting. So I don't know about all the rest, but I, I really got to see everything that I, right. that I wanted well, or needed to see. Two so. experiences. Oh. And uh, maybe we'll swap next year. You go and I'll put my feet up on the table. Maybe the we screen. just need to go... Full stop. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know, the date has changed. So it's in November instead yeah. of September. Beginning um, of November. And you can pre-register yeah. for mm-hmm. the conference. Yeah. So I highly recommend that. I've been to all of the Ignite ones. You've been to some of the Ignite ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're not quite like the old SharePoint and TechEd conferences, but they're a different thing today. So I think uh, information is, is met differently. Mm-hmm. Different applications um, uh, and a lot more cross exchange of data especially in the cloud of course yeah um yeah so so. two tips if you want to go to ignite uh, next year um empty your mind before you go because there will be so much information that will go directly to your brain um so take good notes because you will lose a lot of them um and second big tip is 
wear good walking shoes. And a different pair of shoes every day. Never wear the same pair of shoes yeah. twice. Some people were saying they did over 50 miles of walking in that week. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly did 17,000 steps a day, if not more. Yeah, the um, place is huge. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, but it, it is well worth it. I, Absolutely. I've never regretted that, so mm-hmm. th- that is cool. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about what, what you think was coming out of uh, uh, this process for the week. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. for you, what was the? I don't want to go into the details because this podcast is not about. Hey, Microsoft have just released this new thing, and we'll tell you how great it is mm-hmm. and all that. What we want to do is to tell people what they need to prepare and how they need to prepare and the practical applications of enabling those kinds of stuff. So, uh, in future podcasts, we'll be talking about change and preparation and uh, information architecture and content management and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But last week, what was uh, the big thing that rose above all of those news? Actually, let me tell you one thing. I don't know whether you do know. Do you know that Microsoft issued a book at the beginning of the conference called Microsoft News? And it was no. they, they issued a book, uh, an e-book, of course. Uh-huh. And I think it was partly the marketing team, so part of the communications out to all of the journalists. And it had all of the press releases all in, in one PDF. So you've not got a copy of that, then I'll, I'll make sure you get a copy of it. But uh, cool, I picked it up uh, off some news item today from one of the magazines. But, right. it, but as I looked at it, it was quite neat. And in in the PDF, they've got links to uh, to uh, the different blog posts and the different people in the contact teams. So yeah, Amazing. that would have been a good oh, giveaway nice. if only they given away. But it was yeah. I, I came across that today. Very um, cool. Yeah. So anyway, r- what rose above the well, uh, uh, the week for you? For me, what was very nice to hear, uh, it's it's not the the coolest thing that is coming out of Ignite, but for me, it's it's one of the things that I can use for one of my customers, is uh, the fact that uh, in SharePoint you have your root site, uh, which is by default still a classic team site uh, until this day, that now uh, they're releasing. Uh, easy PowerShell uh, line of code that you can now transform that classic team root site into a communication site. And why is that important? Well, I think that this root site, which is just the slash site, um, which is the, the yeah, home site. So the X, easiest... x.sharepoint.com X slash. Yeah, yeah. So it's the easiest URL that you will have. And... Um, yeah, if it's still a classic team site, a lot of people were, or a lot of organizations were using it um, as their intranet, but it was still on the classic. So now they have this opportunity to move it to modern uh, design and also a way to make it a communication site so that it will have all the latest and greatest possibilities that you can have uh, for your intranet. So it adds the wow factor. It does, but it yeah. also adds all the nice practicalities. Like if you want to open it on your mobile phone, for example, it will look just much better. Yeah. Um, all those things. I think that's one of the changes that SharePoint's gone through that Jeff and the team have, have delivered in the last two years is a variety of that site definition, haven't they? Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the, the office group, with the conversation piece being the key and the communications piece. Obviously, we've still got the classic team sites uh, and the communication sites. 
Um, and this is before you even think about the fact that you can now hubbyfy all of this kind of stuff so that you can sort of create the structures around that site um, and it removes that kind of separation that uh, that we have been seeing in the last couple of iterations of SharePoint, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think <coughs> this is just a logical next step. Um, yeah. So, well, Microsoft said that classic sites will be around for a long, long time and that they will not be uh, taking them away. I think more and more uh, organizations uh, that are using Office 365 are moving to modern sites um, that we will see uh, those classic sites not being used anymore. And I think this um, was a really nice feature to help or, uh, organizations just move to, with their internet, move to that new modern design. Yeah, I wanna disagree with you a little bit um, because those classic team sites still have, still are the best platform for developing a site to do things, whether it's more an application site or whether it's more a solution site or even a good collaboration site, but then you can groupify it. So this concept of making it a group. Mm -hmm. And the, for me, that gives you a better structure to build from. So whenever I design the uh, sort of structure that supports the information architecture, I don't build groups. I actually build the classic team site, then groupify it, which adds in all of the AD groups and all of the bits that turn it into a group. I don't want to get too technical on these on these podcasts, but it also makes it available in MS Teams then to be brought in. But it means that it's easy to add additional libraries. You get all the features that you want to get. It takes, you know, if you're running Mintex, for example, you can you get all the the uh, the, the uh, site collection features to enable that just aren't there if you start off with the a native group. So. That classic team site, I think, will be there for a while because mm -hmm. it's the foundation of most of the sites as opposed to okay. you know, the communication site, which has you know, got things missing. And you only ever find them missing when you want to try and do something on that Absolutely. site. Whereas that root site, its whole job is to, this is the landing page for everything we do in SharePoint. Yes. So, yes. Uh, so I get that. I do no. understand why no. that's a key one. And I, so, I kind of yeah, missed it as well. What is, what is your uh, best take? I... I, I I have a problem with this uh, because I went through most of the two days going, wow, bro, brilliant. Oh, that's cool. There's a, if you really, if you take a look at Jeff Teeper's um, presentation, um, you actually see the uh, Office 365 app. You see it only for five seconds and it's referred to. And the whoever was doing the presentation, and I thought it was Dan, but it wasn't Dan. It was somebody else that I'd not seen before. He's going through doing a demo, and he said, oh, and you've not seen this before. This is the new Office 365 app. Clicks on a link, just opens the document. But there inside Windows 10 is actually a, a new app that I had not seen before, which is the Office 365 app. And basically, it looks like the opening page when you log into the website. Mm -hmm. So you get the icons across the top to launch applications from and some documents and, and all the office stuff. It's there. If you, I don't know what, how many minutes into the video, but I actually looked for it the other day to show somebody else. And it's, you can see the little icon on the bottom with the uh, Office 365 logo in. But that wasn't the highlight for me. That was just one of those, ooh, you know, mm, that's quite cool. Yes, um, the tingly feeling. Yeah, yeah it's, it's okay. like when... Um, 
a couple of years ago, Jeff did a demonstration of Teams and they were going, yeah, 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 Teams. And I'm going, hey, you've got a phone in your Teams demo here. And so <laughs> does that mean we're going to get phones and the Teams? And sure enough, you know, a half a day later, the whole Skype going to Teams was announced a couple of years ago. But we saw it because the software they were demoing was the latest version that we don't get to see for another nine months. So that, that was quite interesting. But what arises to the top? Search for me this year, I think, is is a big thing. Naomi Moneypenny and her team um, uh, have managed, I think, now to put team to put search where where it needs to be. So uh, I don't know whether you guys have seen any of this, but there's going to be a new search bar at the top of your Office three six five page, uh, and in Office three six five applications, so Excel and Word will have the same search bar. Um, and obviously behind that you've got this whole new well I say a new search engine but you've got this whole approach uh, for search so that I found really quite exciting but I think if you ask me the same question tomorrow I'd probably lift something else out Yeah. because um, when we talked about this earlier mm-hmm. today I said hey have you seen the new flow stuff you know and uh, there's not new of course but they did a great demo with the cupcakes if you've not seen the cupcakes you should perhaps pull that out but basically Flow has these calls, the ability to call into Office Graph, and it has the ability to call into Cognitive Services. And so they were able to import photos, and based upon what Cognitive Services could find in the photographs, it moved a different way down the workflow. So it said, is there a cupcake in the window? I need to say, hey, yes, guys, you did the cupcake in the window. Thank you very much. And if there wasn't a cupcake in the window, it sent a different email that says, put a cupcake in the window. So I really quite liked that idea. And I'm just sitting there going, man, that's even more stuff that we need to think about with with the Office 365. You know, what are we going to do with flows? I was in a client meeting today trying to define what the MVP was going to be at launch. You know, what apps are we going to let these and users And with in? MVP, you mean the minimum viable product this time and not the most valuable yeah. professional. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. you're right. Good call. Mm-hmm. So we were in there and one of the things, yeah, well, we should only roll out this and we shouldn't bother with Power Apps and Flow because it's a button that they see on the front, but people don't understand, A, the power of it, and B, that it could save a lot of money and, and, and stuff like that. So, again, the things I'd like to talk about in future podcasts is, you know, how you work out what you think on the road. But, but Flow, for me, is another product that started off a little bit cool, um, but over the last two or three years has suddenly got to the point where now it can work out whether there's a cupcake in yeah. the window or not. Now there's some real business value in there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not just a nice thing to play around. It's not just the successor of SharePoint Designer. It's it's now actually a, a real tool that enables you to to yeah optimize your processes and, and get data from all kinds of other services and do some intelligent things with it and to, yeah get some real results i think we're starting to see a a lot of things in in the strategy from microsoft coming to the fore so i know both of you and i a few years ago talked about how it seems that microsoft are dumbing down office 365 so that users can do things themselves you know create a a team uh, create their own workflow with flow Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but if you think about so last year in flow they they introduced the sort of common database thing in the middle so that you can start coding into it 
Um, now we've seen uh, their own admin centers for teams, so you can really now start to to administer that and the kinds of services. Yep. So I think Microsoft's strategy now is let's release new stuff and then we'll expand on it when it's out there. So it's a bit like that DevOps thing. Yeah, mm -hmm, Let's mm -hmm. give you what you've got, work out what you need, and user voice is a great way for being able Absolutely. to do that kind of stuff. So search for me is there's, there's only like a button or two to turn it on and off at the moment. All right, but you know I can see that in eighteen months' time, Ms. Moneypenny's team will be sitting there giving you pages of different administrations, and you can do best bets today. By the way, you remember best bets in SharePoint? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, actually yeah. they they were actually mentioned best bets in um, uh, in oh, the cool. presentation. Yeah. So, uh, but there's a lot of stuff that behind you, and we talked. I'm going to start to bring this. To, to, to a close because there's a great I'm bottle of whiskey yeah, yeah I'm getting thirsty but, yeah. um, but as I'm seeing this search stuff of course in my head I'm going alright mm. can I control the search scopes can I uh, create new search scopes can I choose which search scope comes out of Excel or PowerPoint or so there, as usual this new cool stuff is asking me lots and lots of questions if you're in Belgium of course Naomi Moneypenny is doing the keynote speech at SharePoint Saturday in October yeah. That's not far away, uh, is it? 20th uh, yeah, of October, I believe. Yeah. So that's so, in uh, two or three weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So cool. Office 365 distilled. We've done the Office 365 bit. Absolutely. Let's now, get on to the distilled bit. Yes. Yes. So, so uh, uh, there's a story have... behind this, isn't there? Yes. There's okay. the glasses. I'll pour cool. while you talk. Yes. Cool. So um, for the people that know me, I've got a daughter named uh, Charlotte. And when she was born, I got this nice bottle, uh, Brokladik, uh, Port Charlotte. And Charlotte was the name. Oh, Charlotte was the name of the still that they were using there. So um, I got one of those bottles for my daughter. And I have to say, it is one of the best uh, whiskies that I've ever drunk. It's, it's one of those very peated Isley whiskies. And... Uh, Every time the bottle is nearly finished, I always buy another one. So last weekend, um, there was this uh, Lotus Cars 17th birthday. So I, one of my cars is a uh, Lotus Elise, which is a, a fantastic car. Um, so Lotus Cars was having their 17th birthday in Hettel uh, near Norwich in uh, the UK. Where they build them. Where they actually build them. So at the factory, at their testing circuit. Um, so I, I went there uh, with a friend, um, it was a lot of fun and on the boat uh, over, uh, I actually went into the store like as, I as always you do. do. Yes, yeah, there's nothing else to do for that 45 no, minute true, journey, is there? True. Let's go and see No, it was the overnight, in. it was the overnight oh, uh, from cool. Hook of Holland to Hull um, and we went into the, uh, into the store. And I saw this bottle of Port Charlotte, but normally the Brooklyn Port Charlotte comes in a light blue bottle, and this was in a brown bottle. So I looked at it and actually saw that this was the 2007 CC01. So this was a special one. So I bought it, and uh, of course I tasted it afterwards, and it is just spectacular. Right. So it is a pretty young whiskey. It is very heavy on the alcohol. It's fifty-seven uh, percent. We won't worry about that. Till we after, won't worry till about afterwards. that. No, of course. So it's a typical Isley whiskey. Uh, it's peated. It's actually heavily peated. It's got forty uh, particles um, per million. 
per million in there. Um, so it's not so it's not quite as smoky as uh, as some of the the Scottish whiskies and the uh, uh, Connemara. No, that's, no, that's about no. forty-five. But I have no idea what five parts per million difference in taste. So uh, there you go. So this is no. this is the first time I've seen this. So yeah. how do I describe this color, people? If you if you know much about whiskies and Ireland whiskies, so the the Irish, it has got that typical Irish whiskey. Uh, sorry, Scottish whiskey color mm. in the Scottish Islands, um, which is sort of a really nice amber brown color. It's beautiful. Yeah, and the smell. So it's very, it's very smoky. fruity. Yeah, it is. It is, of course, very smoky. So there's a lot of, a lot of good, yeah, campfire barbecue sauce uh, in there. Uh, also uh, some ginger, some vanilla, uh, some pears, some some yeah, fruity, fruity nose. And we all know that you have this here, but you never really taste it. True. It's just a, an aroma on the back, isn't it? Whether it's sweet or sour yeah. or smoky. So then when you taste it, like you just did. I couldn't help it. No, of course. <laughs> There's a lot of, yeah, it's it's not a typical whiskey. It's not and a typical Scottish whiskey. No, and, and if you if you would taste the normal, well, normal Port Charlotte whiskey, you would uh, immediately taste that this is something completely different. So there's some, a lot of honey, a lot of yeah, lemon, uh, apricots, lemon, plums, vanilla nice stuff like that in there uh, it is a very complex taste for a very young whiskey mm. so it's not as dark as a Lafrague and smoky as, as that so it's no. still quite light absolutely and the thing that I love about this one this whiskey is that the finish is so very long mm. it is it, it lasts more than a minute that you just get all those experiences in your mouth and your throat and your nose and it just keeps on adding to that complexity. You can get the fruitiness on the sides of the tongue. Yeah. This is cool. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, the scientists will say, oh yeah, well you can taste the fruitiness on there and everything else, but you know, I don't care. This is actually really nice. This is, I know. And, and this really is the reason for doing this podcast. <laughs> if we have to be very honest maybe it is maybe it is yeah. okay look, that, this is superb I really really enjoyed this I'm cool. going to enjoy this for the next four or five minutes yeah. um, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast the podcast uh, this is our first um, mm. and so from Steve Dolby I'm going to say goodbye well from uh, Madame I'm also oh I'm sorry the oh. whiskey is making me sneeze Ooh, okay so for me uh, Madame I'm also uh, wishing you a good day, good night, whenever the time is that you listen to this. Maybe I should say that in a more soothing voice. Good night. Yeah. Um, cheers, my friend. Yes. Cheers. <laughs>